He said, all I know is I felt my heel hitting the back of my head. Man, let's talk about the 70s. Yep. So let me ask you this. What year were you born in? The 66. It's okay. I was thinking that because I was born in 68. So yeah, I was I, born in 66. I, I thought we were two years apart. So 70s, yeah. I mean, 70s was our was our growing yeah, up years. Yeah. I mean, that was our so childhood. It would have been, been four uh, when the 70s started. And yeah. what? 14? I was two, yeah. Thir- t- 13 when it ended? When it ended out, yeah. Key time. You know, when we were talking about talking about the 70s, I got on and started looking up articles. And one of the articles I found, it um, it was basically making the case that 1978 was the wonder year. Like, like everything peaked in 1978. And th- this was looking at it from an economic perspective. And they said that even though... Um, particularly here in the States and the West, we've become wealthier that our quality of life has been going down ever since 1978 in terms of people's mm. satisfaction with life, you know, and just the way things yeah. are working. I thought that was really, so I would have been, I would have been, uh, 12, You'd have been 12 years old in 78. And, yeah. and uh, man, I yeah, been I'm, 10. I'm, of course it, I, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have had any grown up problems. No. But I can remember just uh what my life consisted of playing baseball, listening to KISS. That yeah. was that was pretty much what my and, and uh chasing girls at school. Seventy eight. <laughs> uh of course I you know when 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 KISS was your in, introduction to music, I gauge every every year by by that. Yeah. What went on but went on. And seventy eight was the year of the uh solo albums. Uh, which were actually a debacle. Yes. Listen, okay, I'm about to say something. Again, as I was doing research for this, I saw something. I don't know how I have never known this, but when it, when it hit me, I'm like, how could I have never known this? I, just today, I learned that new, back in the New York Groove is an Ace Fraley song. Yeah. I had never known that before then. It's actually uh, he, he the the one you hear is him. It's yeah. actually a cover team. A fellow named Russ Ballard wrote that song. Really? Was, okay. I, I forget. I think now. Don't hold me to this. We'll check up on it later. I can go. I think a, it was a band called The Move. Okay. That uh, that, that actually came out with that. And uh, uh, who produced that? Uh, uh, Eddie Kramer. You oh know, really? Okay, Hendrix yeah. Fame. Uh, he produced his solo album. He brought that song in. And said this would be a great song for really? me. Um, and so yeah, but it's a, a fellow named Russ Ballard wrote that song. Well, it's, but but, it's but his. the one I that everyone people think. Uh, uh, well, that's that's what I was going to ask. The, the one that they played on the radio. You've you never heard you and I've I've never I don't know that I've ever heard the original uh, one. I don't know that I've ever heard the original. Version. Okay, yeah, because I was thinking uh, that the Ace Fraley one was the one that was that they played all the time. But no, I, it wasn't I had no a band idea. called the Move. It was a band called Hello. Okay. Uh, it was Hello. It, was, uh, it actually came out in '75, and he put it on his solo album in '78. Okay. Because see, man, like 
That I would have thought that would have been some disco group or something like that that did that yeah. song. You know what I well, mean? I mean, 78, that was the That, that was, was prime. Disco. Yeah, that was prime, man. Yeah. yeah. Dude, uh, the, the other thing that got me thinking about the How did you find 70s, that out today? What were you doing today? Okay, well, this that, I'm about to tell you. I'm about to say, so the whole reason that I that I was thinking about talking about the 70s is Rick Beato put out a video maybe a month ago of all the bands that had their debut in 1978. Mm. All right. And I don't know if you've seen that list. Right, let, let me just read this off to you. All right. These are the bands that started in 19 debut album 1978. The Police, Prince, yeah. The Cure, Van Halen's first album, B-52s, Kate Bush, The Cars put out their first album, Dire Straits first album, you know, Joe Jackson. And then you got like the Human League, Susie and the Banshees, you know, some of that stuff that came in in the 80s. But dude, I'm just like, 78, Van Halen, The Cars, Dire Straits, The Cure, The Police. I mean, that's- that's D. Moore. Yeah. That's like five of the biggest bands that like 1978 shaped. with Roxanne and <laughs> yeah. Can't Stand Losing You. That's right, baby. I wrote, yeah. Listen, you don't talk about debut albums. I, I didn't do 78. I did the 70s. So I came yeah. out. I, I had I looked, the Cars, Foreigner, Bad Company, The Police, Ramones, Meatloaf. Yeah. Meatloaf's uh, Bad Out of Hell album, debut album, I sold 43 million copies. Wow. That's amazing. How Two in out of three world. bad. Boston, Van Halen, yeah. Black Sabbath, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I wait, mean, wait, 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 wait a minute. Uh, Sabbath, Sabbath debuted in the seventies. They they were they were a band in the uh, in the in the late sixties. But uh, let me let me double check. But yes, I'm I'm pretty sure of that. Okay, for some reason I thought they they first uh, you know had an album. In the '60s, but yeah, I guess that makes no, sense. No, I, I think it was uh, I think it was 1970 or 71. Okay. Black Sabbath debut. The Black Sabbath album came out uh, February 13th, 1970. Wow. So okay. barely. Just yeah. A couple of months. Just barely. Yeah, but still, that's there. Yeah. Wow. I mean, the '70s. I mean. There's a book. They can hope people listening can't hear it, uh, see it, but this book uh, called "Never a Dull Moment" 1971. Yeah. This is a book only about what happened in 1971. Really, how big a year that was, and it's it wasn't like so much debuts, but it was um, just what the Who was doing. Uh, Elton John, David Bowie, Rod Stewart. We talked about Rod Stewart today. Yeah. Uh, if you go listen to those Rod Stewart albums from 71, 72, it, uh, it's unbelievable. But uh, just so much happened in the early 70s. It's just crazy. Well, man, I, you know, I, whenever I think back to that time, because I was thinking like 78, I, I turned 10. Like you said, you, you were 12. So, Dude, that's like the golden years of, of your childhood. And man, when I think back to that time, it it really does feel like everything was better back then, you know? And then as I was reading this article, they were saying that, you know, it may be that the good old days really were the good old days. Yeah. You know, as, you know, as far as some I, of that goes. I, yeah. And I, I don't know that that's the way I put it, but I'll tell you this the, the word I would use was. Things were a whole lot simpler. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. There were simple times. You didn't, yeah. there wasn't a lot to now. A 10 year old kid is juggling uh, uh, an iPhone, social media, uh, digital music, uh, 
streaming the movies. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, way more you know, complicated. Yeah, life was so simple. Like I say, I, I played baseball, rode my bicycle, yep. uh, watch a movie or a TV show every once. In a while. But life was so simple back then when you and I were ten and twelve compared to a ten or twelve year old today. You know that's why there's so much. You know. Uh, Teen suicide, yeah, it, it, yeah, through the roof, right? Uh, the um, amount of kids that age and a little older that are in therapy, uh, yeah. For, oh, yeah, for you know, cyberbullying and and you know, you parents allow their kids to put themselves out there for on the stage for the whole world, yeah. And then yeah. they're not prepared emotionally to accept the abuse and rejection. That they're going to get. And yeah. so, yeah, I would say my life, when I, those eight, that age, my life was so simple. I mean, it was yeah. so simple. Did, you know, it didn't, you just got up and, hey, what's on TV? I'm going to ride my bicycle yeah. over to the Y. I'm going to play baseball today. Well, hey, uh, mama, when we go to town today, can you take me by Ozone Music? I want to see what records came out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can I can, can I go to the arcade and play video games, you know? Well, you know, and, and that's the thing. Like, back then, you didn't sit around watching TV because there was nothing on TV. You know, during the day, right, right. nothing we wanted to see, soap operas and all that. So you went outside, you know, you had to, we, we were out in the field, out in the creek, you know, riding bikes, doing whatever, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. I mean, you had to figure out it something did. to do. That's right. And, and But you didn't know. <clears throat> I mean, I don't, I, and I, my kids, I, I dared them. They never said it. Uh, I don't ever mean being bored my whole life. I don't, yeah. I, I, I yeah. I don't know if I've ever said I'm bored. I mean, right. if if I'm sitting around with nothing to do, praise God. I yeah. I want to I, I want to have nothing to do. I'd like to sit on the couch for a little bit and just stare into space. Man, you know? isn't that the truth? Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but back then, it's like you know, life was simple. You di you didn't expect to be stimulated all the time. You you didn't expect to have to be in knee deep in something all the time. It's like, Hey, I, I'm going to, uh, I'm, I'm going to ride my bike. I'm right. gonna, <laughs> yeah. Whatever your hobby, I'm going to listen to music. I'll go put the headphones on and, and sit down with an album, pull it out. Uh, put the put the vinyl on the turntable. Put the drop the needle down, and then I'm going to get out the liner notes. I want to know who yeah. played what on what, who produced this, yeah. where was it recorded. Now I'm going to read along with the lyrics. Heck yeah! yeah. And the TV, TV and stuff. I mean, I, I got looked at some of the stuff, some of the TV stuff. You know. Oh my gosh! In movies. Yeah. I mean, we talked about this in the last episode. I mean, movies came out to the theater. If you missed it. You You're missed. Gonna have to wait. Yeah. It's going. Yeah. It's going to come on TV. ABC, CBS, uh, uh, NBC. It's going to come on one of those. Uh, then later on down the line, they came out with VHS and home uh, players. VHS players. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> you know, uh, some of the TV shows. I, I kind of did. You do anything on stuff like that? No, I I uh, I, I didn't do the TV shows. I, I mean, I did, I did some off the top of my head. Yeah. Didn't you watch Mash? Did you watch Mash? My my dad, my mom and dad watched Mash. I, I remember growing up seeing yeah. it. I don't remember anything about it. I just remember it being on. You know, and then I remember. It. I may have told you this story before. I wasn't brought up going to church, and the whole world stood still for the Mash finale. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and so I've been waiting for a while, and I I wasn't like a fanatic about Mash, but I liked it. So it was the big night. It was the first big. Yeah television finale event you know later yeah. on you'd have seinfeld in the office and yeah. other things 
But uh, so I'd wait up. So I don't know what I'd fix to eat, fix me a Coke or whatever. I'm getting ready to watch it. And of course, we were totally unchurched. And the youth group from the church shows up at my house to visit me. Oh, uh, no. The, the pagan of the neighborhood. And they showed up right <laughs> in the middle of the mash finale. Uh, Let's see what let me see what that date was. And man, I sat there and like it's a wonder I ever got saved. It's a wonder I ever went to church after that night. Um, yeah. Uh it was terrible. Oh, I was just sitting there like, guys, y'all got to go. But I Are was not nice. I was polite. Uh the mash finale. Uh, let's see the mash finale. Uh, it was at that time. It was the most, uh, yeah. uh watched event yeah. uh, uh, in television history. Uh, I'm still not seeing the, uh, the date on it here. I mean, I was just trying to guess. I mean, that's got to be around 77 or 78. No, this says it was, uh, February 28th, 1983. 83. That's what this says, man. What? I, I, yeah, well, I still wasn't going to church in '83. So. Yeah. Man, I didn't remember it being that late. Um, let me tell you. Let me tell you why I was excited about Mash. There was only one. I, like, if you'd asked me, as a February, kid, tw- February 28, nineteen eighty three. So I was, I was, I was sixteen years old. Probably yeah. By then. Well, golly, that's crazy, man. The, the only thing I was interested in Mash about, because if you'd even asked me at that time, what's this show about? I'm like, I don't know, but it's got helicopters in it. Yes, it you does. Know? And I, you know, I, man, I was there to watch it because you might have a helicopter showing up. And man, I yeah. loved airplanes that was a, and it all that stuff. It was a huge show in the in, in the seventies. Yeah, uh, uh, Little House on the Prairie. Love oh, Boat. dude, we watched that one, man. Dallas, the the yeah. the, uh, the PM soap opera. Yeah, uh, my. Grandmama, man, she loved that Dallas. Yeah, she who and shot, she who, loved who shot who shot Jr. JR. And she used to watch The Young and the Restless too, man. Uh, I learned to tell time that way because I knew that that if it was eleven o'clock, yeah, because Young and the Restless was on, and Mama was going to have to be at the house and got to watch, <laughs> watch it. it. I guarantee you, this is what she said. I got to go watch my stories. That's right. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> I got to see my story. Now, y'all get in there and be quiet. Yeah, yeah. Y'all got my, my story. Hey, it's time yeah. for my story. Y'all yeah. get out in the yard. Oh, Lord, man. There was some, man, listen, something came up about that. I was looking through Facebook and something came up about the Young and the Restless. It still had people in there on that show still going on from yeah. the 80s. Yeah. I'm like, that yeah. person has died and been resurrected yeah. five yeah. times, been shot yeah. probably yeah. three times, you know? Hey, man, there's a time yeah. in my life. I think it was sometime. Uh, I don't know when it was. My mom and them, they watched those things. Uh, uh, really, days of our lives more than young yeah, and the rest. Yeah, yeah. But I can't remember what it was. It might have been a time in my life when I was in between jobs or something. And somehow or another, man, it's like a, it's like somebody said, "Hey, you want to try this crack? It, it's, it's it's really good. This crack is good." And uh, I was like, "Yeah, let me have some of that crack." And and you know it's bad. You, you know it's not good for you. But you just can't stop. I gotta and, do it. And that, yeah, that's what that's yeah. what soap opera is like. I wouldn't want anybody in the world to know that I had watched those shows. But I, I my mom and my sister watched them, and next thing I know, I'm I know who drawn this into is. it. Yeah, Bo and Hope and and uh, and uh, who old uh, uh, Jack on the other end? Victor, <laughs> Victor, Victor, Victor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, man, you know all all that goes to our base human instinct of we love 
stories that have tension and oh, a villain yeah. and a resolution, yeah. man, we, and it, it doesn't matter how bad it is. As long as you've got that going on, you know, yeah. it's, yeah. uh, you know, well, you, you know, know you can draw people in. We probably had a discussion before about that. Uh, I've always been fascinated with that uh, John Eldridge book, uh, Epic. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Ever read it. It's, it's a, a great little, little book. book. Yeah. Great but, little book. But, but the, 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 the gist of that book is is that that the why we like stories so much, because and every story is the same. It's got a plot. It's yep. got a, a protagonist and an antagonist, good guys and bad guys. There's conflict. There's a climax. Yeah. And uh, but good wins out in the end. Yeah. Why? And and, and it doesn't matter. They're authors and, and uh, film companies and uh, uh, writers are still pumping out the same story with different different caveats yeah, here. And there. Absolutely. Why do we still consume this stuff? Because it's written on our hearts. Yeah. We, yeah. We are living the story. Absolutely. And there's the evil. There's a antagonist. There's good. The Lord, uh, God, the, the protagonist. Yeah. Uh, then there's a uh, there's there's conflict. There's life. Yeah. And there's a climax and there's a resolution. The good good wins in the end. Yeah. And that's why we love a story is because we're living. We're that's actually right. living the story. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, we love a good story, man. Oh, uh, man. Alive. Yeah. Well, and it's, uh, you know, it, uh, yeah, uh, Eldridge's epic is good. There's another guy named Daniel Taylor. He he wrote a book called Tell Me a Story. Man, that that book is fantastic because what he makes the argument for is is that it, as we tell our stories, we are passing our values and our beliefs on to the next generation. You know, that that's why they're so important. And of course, Daniel Taylor is a, a believer too, you know, and so he's kind of coming at it from that angle, but um yeah, man, I mean, you know, that's why movies, that, that's why Everything we and, you, and, it, and I think we talked about this, you know, when we talked about on our movie um, podcast. But the uh, you know the the movies that we watched growing up, so many of those were so influential in shaping the yeah. way we thought about the world. You know, right. thinking about the right. world and giving right. us a view bigger, you know, than than what we had growing up and whatnot. And you, you talk about storytelling, and you know. Today, when you know me and you and Johnny were together, I mean, several times it's like it's like you pulled off and told, told a Jack story, and I yeah. told this story. Yeah. Uh, and of course, the oral tradition before there was a printing press and stuff. That I mean, the oral tradition is how people conveyed yeah. their history. Conveyed, That's right. You yeah. had to tell stories, and you had to sit down and listen. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, and, and don't want to get all into it because we could do a whole a show on storytelling, but storytelling. I mean, I don't want to be rude to anybody in the rest of the country, but the South is rich in the arts yeah. and, and yeah. It is rich in storytelling. Right. Uh, you get a group of people together and you get your relatives together or, or your friends and people at church and you're going to sit around and laugh and tell yeah. stories. Yeah, so absolutely. So this, there, somebody was doing a, a project and I saw this on the Today Show years ago and they came down South. And what to do, they'd set up a, a little booth uh, and they would pe people just come in, come in and tell your story. Yeah. Well, yeah. in right. the South, they, they had too much material. Yeah. Everybody wanted to see. Right. If you sit down long enough, I'm going to tell a story. I'm going to yeah. tell something. Absolutely. So they went up and they put this same booth in Grand Central Station. They went up New York, Chicago, almost got nothing. Yeah. yeah. Almost got no material for the documentary. Right. Because... 
it's just not the same up there as it yeah. is down south. Yeah. Um, we want to sit on the porch and tell stories. Tell stories, and, yeah. And TV and movie that tell stories. And I guess we come back around to home plate. Yeah. We love stories because we're living. We are a story. Well, that exactly. You know, um, I've probably I was I was actually thinking about this today, just thinking about the seventies because what I'm about to tell you, and I think I've told you this story before, happened in the seventies because we were in our old house before we moved up to my great grandmother's house down in Corinth. But this story is so. Four minutes. So I don't forms. know where you live before. How far away from that house? Do you I live? live right next door. I just live. Okay. You, if you you know the house that you would have known that me being in, we were just right next door to the right uh, oh, okay. over there. Yeah. In fact, that you know you used to call it Tyson Mountain, but yeah. uh, in in reality, uh, the house that I was living in when when you when you you know we started hanging yeah. out, my great grandfather built that house. Wow. The house that I w- was born and raised in for the first, what, 10, 12 years, my grandfather built that house. Uh, the house next to that, my grandfather's uncle built that house. And then my grandfather built the fourth house over there after they moved out of the house that so we grew went up far in. Off. It, re- really it, was like, it really it was. was. Like Walter it, yeah, it, it was. really was. Yeah, they had, you know, the Tysons had built out there going all the way back to my great grandfather, you know, wow. and, and well, my great grandfather had literally built the house. I mean, he had, you know, wow. built it with his own, with hands. his own hands. Yeah. Yeah. Had done everything. And by the way, Walton Mountain, the Waltons was a big show in the seventies. Oh man. We grew up listening to John boy, uh, saying good night to everybody. Good night, John boy. <laughs> but my, my, my girls, this is probably one of my favorite, my girl's favorite stories for me growing up. And I think I've told you this, but when I was, I mean, and so let's see. Yeah. This had to be when I was 10 or 11. We were in the house that I grew up in, and, and there it was a really small house, and the the kitchen was just one extended room connected to the den where the TV and stuff was. So my mom was in there cooking dinner, and I don't remember what my dad was doing. In my memory, I remember him throwing something at her or messing with her or something. And she was over there stirring. She said, listen, if you do that one more time, I swear I'm going to beat you half to death with this wooden spoon. Right here. So he did it. And man, she lit into him and started beating him in the head and around the back with that wooden spoon, that soup or whatever it was all oh over. My she was wearing him out. So she was chasing, she chased him down to the end of the den. Have I never told you this story? I don't think oh so. Oh my, oh man. So, so she chases him down to the end of the den. He's trying to get away from her and she's wearing him out. Well, the back door at the house is right there. So he runs out the back door. Now the house was sitting on an incline and the back of the house was about 10 feet raised up over the ground. So there was a set of concrete block steps that came down and went down about 10 feet out the back of the house. So mom was chasing dad, beating him to death with a spoon or whatever it was she had. He ran down the steps. I was running behind mom and it was dark. It was just at dusk. I'll never forget this. You know, it was just the light was gray on everything. And mom chased him down and they were both kind of laughing. And then I heard this ping down at the bottom of those steps was a cast iron cauldron that was about, uh, you know, it was about three feet wide and about a half an inch thick. And so when my dad got down to those steps, the way he told the story later was, he said, all I know is I felt my heel hitting the back of my head. He ran full blast into that cast iron cauldron and caught himself right 
in the shins on oh it. Oh my gosh. I knew that's what you were gonna say. That's so terrible. next thing to know, we're we're trying to get him back in the house. Uh we mom gets him back in. I mean, he is hurting. We we get him back into his bedroom and uh I look down at his leg and man the hide is gone oh. under the bone. Down oh, to the bone. And, and this is the great part. So he he's I mean he's on the point of tears, crying like, oh, you know, groaning. He says, come here, son. Come here, son. Come here, son. And so I come up next to him, and I'm crying, man. I'm freaking out. I think he pulls me up. He says, oh, my God, son, I think I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> That's good. I can. I'm just. I'm just like, visualizing the whole thing in my is, head. That is part of our family mythology. You know, <laughs> my good. my girls love when I tell that story because it. A man, story. I can. Like I said, I had to be ten or eleven, and that that episode is he still saying, so vivid. He was saying goodbye. <laughs> I swear, son, I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> he was going to bequeath the farm to you. <laughs> oh, man. but I can still remember him hearing him hit that pot at the bottom of the steps. Oh, it was awful. Goodness. Oh god, oh, my goodness. Yeah. But that was and 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 for me that was like uh, you know that was right at the end of the seventies because in I think it was eighty or eighty one like we moved up into my great grandmother's house and then I I don't know man the eighties were just a whole different. It, dude, yeah. it, it feel like yeah. something shifted entirely, you know, it when did. you got into the you 80s. Know, you know, there really is, you know, 60s are different, 70s, yeah. the 60s bled into the 70s, but the 70s were different. And then the same thing, the 80s were different. Uh, I don't want to mention another TV show uh, yeah. that was important, and I'll tell you why, that I found out just a few years ago. Did you ever watch Emergency? Oh, that was my favorite show. Yeah. yeah. Emergency yeah. ran from 72 yeah. to 79. Now here's the thing. I got to, I got a lot of firefighters in my church. I've got a lot of friends that are professional firefighters. Yeah, some are yeah. still working, some are retired. And I was talking with one of my firefighter friends one day and we were and I mentioned that show and he said, you know, that show changed everything. Really? That that show was very influential. And wow. if you'll think back on some old TV shows in the sixties and seventies. The people that drove the ambulance, yeah, uh, they weren't. They had no skills. They they were yeah, drivers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's uh -huh. all they yeah. did. Right. They can't. They're big white uh, ambulance. Just a big white hearse looking thing. Yeah. Would yeah. come out to the house. Come out to the scene of the accident. They took your body, threw it in the back of that thing, and drove as Try fast to get as they you there. could yeah. to yeah. the hospital. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, emergency is, is showed how they come. The firefighters uh, and EMTs that that now they come out and they start working on you while you're on there. the way back. Oh, wow. there at the look at the and on. I never thought said, about that. And this way. guy told me he said. Um, Emergency is what spread that idea all around the United States and changed the way that uh, uh, emergency response was done. I, mean, I can't give all the details like he yeah, did because he knew yeah. what he was talking about, but uh, it, it made that me think about it. I, I, I remember seeing old times where, where they just all the drop tips, two guys, they had white pants, a white shirt on. Uh -huh, uh, yeah. They got you on a gurney, yeah. threw you in the back, and just drove like crazy uh, to get you Tried to get you there, yeah. And so emergency, I, and it was one of my favorite shows. I loved it. I love that show. I forget the other guy's yeah, name, yeah. Randolph Mantooth. <sighs> yes. Was yeah. one of the, uh, uh, the duck-headed <laughs> guy. Uh, hey, man, how about SWAT? 
Did, did you watch SWAT? I did. Come I back did. Watch I love SWAT. SWAT, man. Who was it? Robert Forrester. Forrest was Forrest. He or was Forrest, in that. Was I didn't yeah, remember I so. that. I think so. Wow. Uh, uh, All in the Family was a yeah. groundbreaking TV show of the seventies. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and it was coupled with the Jeffersons. And Johnny was talking about that. We, we mentioned that on, either on the way to your house today mm-hmm. or on the way home. That uh, how much, how many like racial issues and yeah. cultural issues? Because the people that wrote that, even though Archie Bunker was was kind of a anti semite racist, yeah. Uh, but the people that wrote that, Norman Lear, who wrote that show, yeah. was a was a liberal, yeah. And and yeah. they. You couldn't do those shows today. No. People are too sensitive. They're too. They can't. They can't look past their the nose on their face. But they took uh, some very progressive liberal people took sensitive issues, used a character like George Jefferson or yeah. Archie Bunker, yeah. and uh, brought it out there, made fun of it, but at the same time dealt with it. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, so those are that was two very important shows, All in well, the Family it, and the Jeffersons. And you know, it, I, a lot of times I hear people talking about All in the Family because of that, but to me, uh, the Jeffersons was the more subversive one in a sense because you know you got George Jefferson, who's African American dude, and he's racist. You know, and, yeah. and and dealing with it from that angle, dude. Right. That is so far ahead of its time. It ain't even funny. Right. You know, and the and like you're saying, the the great thing about those shows is, is in some sense they were satires, and and the whole point of that is to show the ridiculousness. Yeah. Of, of, of that viewpoint, you know, well, to kind of hold a mirror up to society. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, this is, man, this is what this is what you look like. I, I, man, a, a show from the seventies, like a movie from the seventies, that I cannot believe they even allow to still be played is Blazing Saddles. Oh yeah, you know, it's oh, the yeah. same thing. You know, ah, what's the black guy's name in Blazing Saddles? Uh, uh, Cleavon. No, uh, yeah, that's it. Cleavon Little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cleveland Little. Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Alex Karras was in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, th- those are those were important shows. Uh, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think. Happy Days. Uh, oh man, watched the, Happy the Days show. all the time, man. Uh, Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Uh, debuted 1975. Yep. A, a lot of a lot of good shows. Uh, the Dukes of Hazard. Welcome back, Cotter. Uh, I, I I never missed WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah, man, it, I love it, that. It had, had a music theme. Yeah. You know, so uh-huh. I was just uh, Doctor Johnny Fever. Let's check it out. Yeah. Hey, man, listen. Th- th- this right here. Howard Hessman played Doctor uh- Johnny Fever. <laughs> How do I know that? Why do I know that? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I mean, listen, one of the best episodes ever is where they where they're throwing out the turkeys at Thanksgiving, but they're throwing the frozen turkeys out of the helicopter. (laughs) Uh, No, 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 no. They threw they threw live turkeys out. Oh, is it live turkeys? Yes, that's That's the thing. They thought they could fly. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Oh, and old man. Les Nessman, the, the Les. newsman, yes. he's he's mortified. Yeah. He, he's, he, he, he's losing speechless. his mind. So they've to... got a helicopter cruising over Cincinnati, <laughs> throwing these turkeys out at six thousand feet, and they're just splattering all over oh, the Cincinnati man. streets. Yeah. Oh gosh, they didn't. The the the, the punchline was we we didn't know turkeys couldn't fly. Yeah. Man, let me let me tell you. I, I I just thought of this. This sums up my childhood in the seventies. On Saturday on Saturday nights, we would watch Hee Haw around supper time and Soul Train right when yes. I was going to bed. You know, uh, my mother. It, man, it, you, it made you my mother mad because 
uh, the teacher, uh, I got in trouble <laughs> constantly at school, and I got in trouble one time because I was going out through school going, so strange. <laughs> teacher told my mom, I was like, he, he's got to stop. <laughs> he's got to stop hollering out soul train in the middle of class. Oh, gosh. But yeah, we watched that with T-Hall. You, sometimes you had to watch some Lawrence Welk to get to the heat. Oh, yeah. Lawrence. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, People and, don't know and what and they're of course, we, got, we can't go any further without saying just a, an honorable mention to Saturday morning Memphis wrestling. The greatest oh, wrestling man. of Listen, all time. That, uh, we, we, um, we, we had a guys group that was meeting several years back. And for some reason, that came up one night. And, man, we were pulling up videos on YouTube. You know, you can still find some of that stuff. Oh, yeah. Up, oh, oh, yeah. oh, man. That is some prime entertainment. Out of the territory days when wrestling was territories, Memphis territory, yeah, St. Uh-huh. Petersburg, Florida, uh, yep. Texas, Mid-America, and different places, Memphis was the place. If you yeah. wanted to make it big, yeah. you needed to come you to your time in Memphis. Yeah. Yep. And they'd have uh, every kind of match in the world. Bill Dundee, it, it, <laughs> it, it, the, the most absurd it ever got. They would have tar and feather, and they would literally tar and feather <laughs> yes, each other. Yes. Bill Dundee put his wife's hair up, and they <laughs> shaved her head in the middle of the ring. I forgot about that. Yeah, 1970s Memphis wrestling. And, man, I, I, I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember when they would have, like, the – the replays from Monday night, oh, and yeah. you could and you could always hear that same woman down woman. in the front. Get him, Jerry! Get yeah. him! Yeah, man, There's she a, was down there uh, every Monday. I have I couldn't tell you what it is, but I have heard her name mentioned before. That people no. know her. Yeah, what yeah, really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Hey, man, let, let me ask you this: Did you uh, do you did you go uh, at Carth High School, Mr. Markle? He used to teach shop and stuff. Shut up. They just used to shut take, up. Just shut up. You know what I'm just talking shut about? Up. No, I'm talking about I went twice. <laughs> he took me twice to studio wrestling down See, on Union Avenue. Man, I was so disappointed. Like the year I, I got into the grade to be able to do that, they shut that down and, and didn't yeah. do it anymore. I mean, what, I was so how, disappointed. how did they allow him to load up <laughs> a, a busload of kids, take them to Memphis, Tennessee to studio wrestling at WMC on on Union Avenue. I know. Yeah, I know. Oh, I'll gosh. never forget. Remember Doug Price? Doug Price. Doug Price. He wound up uh, uh, getting injured and was in a wheelchair. Oh, okay. No, I don't remember Doug, him. Doug was a little bit older. He was a little bit okay. older than me, yeah. and so he was much older than you. Yeah. I'll never forget. Doug had a – we was there, and, and he was sitting ringside. He was in his wheelchair, and uh, somebody came out. Maybe Jimmy Hart came out, <laughs> and he got a big mouthful of Coke and just sprayed him down, man. I'll never forget that. <laughs> Doug Price was a good guy. Oh man! Um, but uh, yeah, it, it, it was crazy. Uh, man, and well, you know that, that you know that was the other thing about growing up. Like, like my mom and dad did not have the worries that we have. You know, man, I can barely. I, I hate to think about my girls leaving the house. You know, yeah. and back then, man, we got we'd be gone all day. My, my folks bicycle wouldn't have a clue over town. Yeah, no, never. My mother never worried about somebody doing no. something to me. My, I never. I was never afraid on the uh-uh. streets. No. Even even when you and I were older, we we walked the streets in the yeah. middle of the night. We were yeah. never afraid. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. That's that's. I mean, everything's changed I, again. Again, not necessarily better, but simpler. simpler exactly. Times. Yeah. Exactly. But now, on the other hand. We can talk about movies going on with that in a minute, but um, the the 70s and then into the 80s was the golden age of serial killers. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and I don't think we're ever going to see. Uh, we, we will never see that type of criminal again no. uh, because of uh, security cameras. Yeah, uh, self defense. Yeah, uh, and uh, and DNA. Yeah, that, uh, but uh, Ted Bundy was seventies. Yeah, the son of Sam David Berkowitz, yep. uh, John Wayne Gacy. Hey, guess what year John Wayne Gacy did his thing in? Seventy eight. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, Manson actually yeah. was yeah. 1971. Yeah. Jim Jones, 1979. The Zodiac Killer. Yeah. Uh, the Hillside Strangler was wow. 1977. And in my research, I've read, got, looked into this. Uh, in the 70s, there were more than 300 active serial yeah. killers. Yeah. Yeah. 300. And then, now that, that does spill on into the 80s. Yeah. And uh, I watch a lot of crime stuff when I work out in the morning, when I get on my treadmill. Yeah. Uh, I do about 25 minutes. So I watch a lot of cold case files. Uh, I watch the Night Stalker on Ramirez. Right. I watch John Wayne Gacy. I, I watch a lot of these things. And uh, uh, when DNA came in. Oh, yeah. It changed everything. It changed everything. Matter of fact, yeah. I watched one today. They went back and, and solved a case from 1960. Yeah. Uh, it was, yeah. I think it was, it was in the 90s. The case was cold for 34 years. Yeah. And they found some preserved uh, uh, evidence. Right. They got uh, body, body fluids and solved a 34 year old mystery Man, with DNA. Let- so, dude, t- two things come to mind because, man, like one of my morbid curiosities is kind of the true crime thing. And, and, and part of the curiosity is not so much on the crime, but how a lot of these people wound up getting caught. And a lot of times it's simply, you know, not, not, I don't believe in luck, but you know what I'm talking about. Like oh, the yeah. right things falling together in the right place. But, dude, like, like doing some research on that, the thing, one of the things that really fascinated me is one of the one of the guys that was you know uh, early profiler with the FBI and kind of helped develop that whole program, and and and, and most law uh, enforcement when they came up with profiling, they thought it was, it was crazy, is insane, voodoo, yeah, voodoo yeah. craziness. Yeah, right. th- th- this guy was saying that the thing you're talking about, like that serial killer killer phenomenon, is something that is unique to the United States. Yeah. In that period of time, from the 60s in, into the 80s, right? You know that you, you don't have any other historical period where you have that that level of proliferation of. I was killers, looking. You know? I was looking mainly at America, but yeah. when I looked at 70s most prolific serial killers. Yeah. There were two or three that were in the uh, Latin world. In, yeah. In, in, yeah. Uh, right. And, and I'd I'd never heard of them. Right. Uh, yeah. But but it was a terrible time. But, uh, you know, we still have terrible things that happen. And uh, there's always going to be twisted, sick, evil yeah. people. Yeah. But, uh, man, DNA evidence has changed. So and it, DNA evidence also through the Innocence Project has freed. Yeah, some innocent. People. Absolutely. Yeah, people were going to jail for 20, 30 years. Man, let yeah. me let me let, let me tell. I, I listened to a podcast um, when we were going out to Colorado this last time. I was trying to remember which one it was, and and because I listened to two, and I can't remember the name of this one. I'll have to look it up. But anyway, the thing the thing that struck me about it was it was the same thing. They were going back and they were looking at uh, a murder that had taken place thirty years ago, and 
they had some of the eyewitnesses that were still alive. And so they went back and re-interviewed them. And the thing that I will never forget about this, this podcast, three things in particular, and I, there's only one I'll share the details on, but one of the things was uh, the roommate of the girl that was murdered uh, a week after she was murdered, it was around Christmas time. She got a card in the mail that had a hundred dollars in it. And she said in the card, it, it was written out, Merry Christmas, uh, use this to get out of town. And she said she read that as being, you know, kind of like a warning. You better use this money to get out of here because, you know, we're going to come for you next order. So she read it as a nefarious mm. type thing. So as That's these scary. podcasters, dude, yeah, it, it gets even better than that. So the podcasters that are doing the research on it and whatnot, um, they uh, they get access to all the, the police files and everything, you know, that that, that that were available because at that time they were going through a lawsuit and the guy that was defending the guy that they thought, the lawyer that was defending the guy that they had accused of doing this murder for all these years, he let the podcast crew have his files. So it had copies of the, well, within that was the card was the card that she got in Christmas. And so they went back to this lady after they had interviewed her the first time, and they said, look, we, we want to show you something. And so they handed her the card, and they said, is this the card that you were telling us about that you got? She said, yeah, absolutely. I remember the outside of it. And they said, well, open it up and read what's in there. And she opens it up, and all it says is Merry Christmas. There's nothing else in it. And she's like, she's like, no are you sure this is the right card? And they said, well, you said it was the right card. You said the outside mm. is the same. So, so, so in her memory, she had apparently conflated two different things and put it together this way. Now that didn't happen once that happened in three more things where people who were there and said that they remembered things later, it was come back that they, that they had misremembered or, you know, conflated wow. things together, you know. Well, and they so, say, uh, I, you think, oh, oh, there's an eyewitness. They say one of the most yeah. unreliable things yeah, in absolutely. criminology is the, the, is eyewitness. the eyewitness. Well, and to me, that's the thing. You know, that, that's the thing about DNA and incontrovertible evidence. Dude, if you don't have that, I, I would be really suspect of anybody. And let me, let me tell you something about the memory thing. You know, uh, you know another thing that, that's fascinated me since the 70s is that we've learned more about the way our brains mm -hmm. actually function, mm -hmm. you know, uh, uh, neuroscience and everything. Dude, when I heard this, it blew my mind. And I thought this explains so much. They, they, this neuroscientist was talking about how we uh, store memories and retrieve memories. And he said, uh, one of the things that we now know is, is that whenever you bring up a memory, you're not bringing up like some original memory that was encoded in your head. You're only retrieving the last time you remembered it. Mm. Right. So in other words, it's not like you've got a piece of paper that's got the original story on it. You're actually pulling back something where you remembered it before. And so they were saying what happens then is if you get any kind of mismemorization going on, then that's just going to be passed on to the next time you bring it up. You know, and I was, you know, and I, you know, we've seen this all the time. I can, I can understand somewhere. that. I can understand. That is absolutely understandable. To totally. You know, I mean, we've been in those situations where you've been a family and somebody's telling a story and they say, you know, the green car we used to have. We didn't have a green car. That car was blue, you know. Okay. And somebody let me, totally let me give you an example. Let me give you an example. My brother, without without telling a long drawn out story, my my daddy, uh, the, the uh, railroad man, and the FBI were on my front mm. porch with oh. my daddy. 
wow. uh, corn. Yeah, okay. Have you yeah, ever heard about yeah. the corn off the railroad track? Yeah, and, I think I have, yeah. And they were saying that my daddy was going to need to give the corn back and pay for the corn. And my yeah. daddy was saying, uh, no, I will either pay for the corn or give the corn back, but I will not do both. And the story is that, that my daddy lunged at him and the FBI guy went for his gun. And I've told that story uh most of my life yeah because yeah. I, I can see it i can see my yeah i was talking to my brother one day and he said scott he said he said you were an infant and he he remembered yeah. how old he yeah. was and it would have made me a baby in the house in, in a bassinet or in a bed or something but i've heard that story so much i made it my own you think it's your own memory yes yeah. I, d- I didn't yeah. I, and i see but i'm a very visual person me too uh me too. creative in, in, in a way and and so in my mind, it's just, it's like I'm watching a movie. Yes, I was there. Yeah. I watched, but I created a almost video like image in my brain simply from my brother telling me the story. Yeah, absolutely. See, I I I've done that several times where, where I've caught myself thinking, well, wait a minute, I couldn't have been there when that happened or whatever, you know. Yeah, but when my he mind told me that created, I absolutely wow was floored. That's I, a trip. I had told that story for years because in my mind, I was standing there watching the whole thing happen. Yeah, that is, that's wild. To this day. That's wild, yeah. I would tell you that. Other yeah. than my brother said, no, you were a baby. Yeah, wow, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. He was, in, he was in, my brother was in high school. Wow, wow. So how, how much, he, put, wait a minute, he how held much, my, he held my daddy back. <laughs> how much, what's the, what's the age difference between you and Tom? Tom was born in 1950 and I was born in 1966. What? Mm-hmm. I did not realize there was that big of a gap between y'all. And my sister older is six. Linda was six years older than Tom. Uh, and wow. There's about about a, a, a what? Uh, there's about a ten to twelve year difference, a sixteen year difference between Tom and Kim, and then six years difference between me and Kim. Wow. Mom, I never lived in the house with my oldest sister. She she really had, and my mother was my mother's more or less forty when she had me. I guess I never realized that. Wow, it was too, man! It really was two separate families. Uh, that's the first a big two stretch. Yeah, man, that's yeah. that's wild, man. All right, let me get let me throw some stuff. Yeah, out yeah, 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 yeah. Do it, do it, do it, do it. These are things from the seventies. Watergate, nineteen seventy two. The yeah. Cold War. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Roe v. Wade, nineteen seventy three. In nineteen seventy, the Beatles break up, uh, yeah. and uh, in September, Jimi Hendrix dies. He was twenty seven years yeah. old. Uh, and, Janis Joplin dies in October. So Jimmy yeah. dies in September. Yeah. In October, uh, Janis Joplin dies, 27. Jim Morrison dies in 71, 27 years old. Yeah. Uh, Dwayne Allman dies. Yeah. We have punk that came in. Disco uh-huh. came in. And I, I mean, let me just say a, a brief thing about punk. So I want to make somebody mad out there today. Punk is not uh, a punk rock that came in in the mid-70s was, is not a, a genre of music that still exists. Yeah, uh, no. Uh, it, that yeah. is something that happened. Yeah, and it, it was over with. It was a movement. Uh, yeah. Now you can go and make music in the style of punk rock, but it was every much a political yeah. thing as it was a music thing. And yeah. I've had people disagree with me, but but people, you can go turn your hair green and and play a song of three chords, but yeah, I mean, 
Somebody told me like Green Day was punk. Like, oh, get out of town, man! Listen, listen. Anybody, Day, anybody that's had anybody that's had at least one meal a day, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And trying to get up and be punk and color the hair, go, go forget it. I mean, that's crazy. Well, talk, man. here's the thing: those guys. I mean, they have ballads. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I hope you have the time of your life. Whatever. Yeah. First of all, they are too good of musicians exactly. yeah. to be considered punk. Yeah. I mean, if if you ventured into a song with more than three chords in it, yeah. you you were not you know, anyway. And, so anyway. And, and and if there was any instrument in tune with itself, well, if you dude, yeah, right, that ain't no. Uh, uh, yeah. But anyway, disco. Another yeah. that, that was a, that was seventies and seventy seven. Uh, Leonard Skinner crashed in seventy seven. Elvis yep. died on August the sixteenth. Uh, the Vietnam War went from nineteen fifty five to nineteen seventy five, and it yeah. ends. Yeah, uh, a lot of big things happened in in the seventies. It was it was a big, it Dude, was a big and decade. It, man. It was very it, you know there was a lot of turmoil. You know you had the oil crisis going on in the early seventies where you had you know you you couldn't get gas. People were waiting for hours. Hours, try to get gas. You had right. Watergate, like you said, you know, Iran hostage situation. Yeah, Iran hostage was, situation. That at was, the end. I think you know, it was. Yeah. I, I can't remember what year that happened in. I need to look. That was it that 79? was That yeah. It, for some reason, I was thinking that was seventy eight, seventy nine, somewhere in through there. Boy, that was a big blunder, you know. Right. But man, but man, you know the thing. The thing, you know, like thinking through all of this. 19, 1979. Okay. And then Reagan <clears throat> was elected, and it all went yep. away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Boy, now there's a podcast in and of itself talking about yeah. what all he did. Man, he, that's yeah. an interesting cat. Uh, but, dude, you know, like, like, yeah, I don't want to get political anything, but no. <laughs> we, we homeschooled Sorry. our kids and we had some presidential videos. <clears throat> and I was showing it to the girls and talking to them about different presidents. And, uh, they did Ronald Reagan. And I, I teared up and I said, girls, that's, that's the last real man that we will ever have as president of the United right, States. Yeah, yeah. And so far, uh, my, it has been true. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, the two things that, that to make me tear up was, was talking about him and Adrian Rogers. It's like, it's like, oh, man, yeah. Yeah, we need a man like Adrian Rogers right now. That's a I, dig, I digress. There, there uh, was a there was a great documentary about Reagan that came out several years ago, and the really interesting thing about it was they they interviewed the head of the KGB, you know, the Russian KGB, talking about having to deal with Reagan mm -hmm. during that time. It was fascinating to hear his perspective on it. Like, they feared him, didn't they? They they did not want to. Mess with him, yeah, because yeah, they knew that he was a cowboy. Not they thought they saw him as yeah. a cowboy yeah. with an itchy trigger finger. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, trust but verify. Okay, you can exactly. tell us that, and we're going to trust you, but yeah. we're going to double check and make sure you're telling the truth. I actually know. I, yeah. uh, I have, I have, man, man, I've had such a crazy life. I have been around several people that were in the intelligence community uh, from that time. That have you know told me stories about Reagan that I cannot repeat in public on the wow. podcast. That you know, if everybody knew this, it'd be like, wow, he really was not playing games at all. Yeah. You know, you know mean, one time he was, there was a live <clears throat> mic. Uh, mm, press yeah. conference is about to start, yeah. and he didn't. He didn't know the mic was live. He, he just walked up <laughs> to it and goes, uh, "Folks, we are currently bombing Russia." <laughs> Dude, you don't you don't People joke around about stuff yeah. like this. Well, you know, and, and I mean, we I, we're not doing a biography on Reagan, but you know, he he was motivated. His his main motivation was to destroy the Soviet, the whole Soviet system. 
you know, right. the, the whole communist regime, because he had seen what damage that had done in Hollywood when he was right. an actor. And he devoted his whole life to absolutely destroying that system. And he did. Dismantled it. Yeah, he completely dismantled it. But man, the, th the thing I was going to say about the 70s and even in the early 80s, you know, these movies, the bands, we've been doing, there was so much more diversity in, uh, you know, style, different kind of things. It seems like than what we've got now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's it's like, man, I don't know about you, but anytime I hear what's popular music nowadays, it sounds like some kind of mashup of some kind of bro country, something with some kind of Latino beat in it that, you know, it just all sounds the same, you know? Well, you know, you, we can get on that and talk about music and how you can take <clears throat> a lot of the new hits, especially in country, so-called country music. Yeah. yeah and, 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 music. Play them side by side. It's it's a formula. Yeah, exactly. But as far as yeah. originality, creativity, yeah, yeah. Um, it's even that goes past. It goes past uh, the music business. Yeah, you and I yeah. are most most familiar with the music business. But uh, I mean, how many sequels of movies can you do? Exactly. I mean, yeah. it's like a lot do of. Do we really the, need another superhero movie? Yeah. You know, yeah. Do we uh, really it, need another superhero? It's movie? like okay, we we struck a we struck a mother load. Let's let's drain yeah. this vein. Yeah. But uh, yeah, as far as originality, television, the same thing. Yeah. Just rehash, remake. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I was in a restaurant the other day, and over the PA, the sound system, the radio, whatever it was in there. Are you ready for this? <laughs> a country singer has covered Tracy Chapman's "Fast Car." Listen, dude, this video. I have learned up. since that it is a very popular song. And I, 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 but there are some things that there are some songs that needed to be covered and, yeah. and, and can be improved on. Uh, when Aerosmith uh, did come together, it's better than. Yeah, the Beatles it is. Version. Yeah, it you is. Know? Yeah. Then I remember a song that I always said, one of my favorite songs of all time is Otis Redding, Dock of the Bay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I said way before it happened, this song should never be covered. Yeah. You, you know, yeah. Michael Bolton did it anyway. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, originally, it, 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 it listened to the 70s, uh, Led Zeppelin, Stones, yeah. Who, Queen, yeah. The Eagles, Aerosmith, Leonard Skinner, David Bowie, Elton John, Springsteen, Steely Dan. Man, I okay, mean, now that's what you're talking about dude. diversity. You're talking about diversity. That's dude, that's what I was about to And they know. all wrote their own stuff. Exactly. Man, dude, Steely Dan is on the popular charts with some sophisticated jazz harmony going on. Stuff that most people wouldn't even know what's happening nowadays. Right. You know? Right. So so dude, oh, those I, guys just, those guys were oh those were well, the, yeah. them, and then if he now Queen uh, is is pretty bare bones, but you're yeah. talking about guys with education. You're talking yeah. about a guitarist that is an astrophysicist that NASA <laughs> consults with, yeah, and Brian right. May. Yeah, right. Yeah, but so yeah. yeah, that's some intricate music. Hey, listen, Leonard Skinner's down home redneck music. I challenge anybody to go back and, yeah. and don't don't sing along with it. Don't roll your window down. Listen to what's being played. Listen yeah. to what Leon yeah. Wilkinson is doing on the bass. Yeah. That's not easy stuff. 
Yeah. Even uh, even a bread and butter cornbread song like Sweet Home Alabama. Yeah. Right? It's more than three chords. You yeah, go listen absolutely. to what's going yeah. on with that three guitar well, attack I mean, that they had. I mean, e- e- even uh even in the movies, you know, that that you know, to me that's like the go you you have Star Wars coming out that revolutionizes everything. And in the early 80s, you've got all these movies that coming, you know, this kind of the Spielberg era, you know, that that opens up all these I different forgot. types of things, man, you know. I forgot. Star Wars yeah. came out in seventy seven. Did that? You know, we you know we talked about that last time. That changed my life. Jaws came out in seventy five. There it I is. I forgot that yeah. Jaws was a Spielberg movie. Yeah, that's yeah, that's I that's his first about big. That. You know, yeah. that's when he really broke out, man. Yeah, yeah. Close, Close Encounters of the Third Time came out yeah. in seventy seven. The Godfather series started yeah. in seventy two. Yeah. Saturday Night Fever. Uh, People today can't appreciate what a monster, monster movie that was. And the soundtrack was bigger than the movie. Yeah, that's, yeah. The BGs. Man, I mean, they, oh, that gosh. stuff is still on the charts today. Yeah. Well, that uh, was a, that was I'll a, tell you something. Let me tell you something before I get off that Saturday. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. That kicked off a whole genre of music, disco. That, yeah. that took it out of the yeah. shadows and put it on the front page. Yeah. And it's John Travolta did it. Right. Okay. I mean, yep. yeah. then he single handedly did the same thing in the 80s with country music and line dancing yep. with Urban, urban Cowboy. Cowboy. Yeah. Spurred a whole nother dance craze. Yeah. The Urban Cowboy soundtrack. There's a talent. How many millions of copies that sold? Yeah. Uh, the Eagles. There's going to be a heartache tonight was on that yep. album. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, Johnny Lee, looking for love. You remember that song, looking oh, for yeah. love. Yeah, all the wrong dude. Yeah, that man. was on that soundtrack. So that came out. Rocky, nineteen seventy six, Alien yeah. in seventy nine, and yeah. something that changed horror movies uh, instead of training was The Exorcist in nineteen seventy three. Oh Lord, yeah. You know, and I still have never seen that movie. I've That's never seen one, the whole I thing. Like, I've only seen uh, bits man, and I pieces. Can't, I can't go on that one, man. Well, one of the I don't know if it was just uh, propaganda and promotion, but you know, one of the things people said, you know, that people are seeing this movie and they're going to the nut house. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, pe- I remember people, that. Yeah, people, yeah, people going, are having to, people are having to be hospitalized. <laughs> oh, I'm no. like, man, I don't want to see that. Uh-uh, you know? No, yeah. Oh man. Well, man, that's what you know. I was watching something. Uh, I don't remember, but the guys just raised the question. You know, here we are talking about these cultural landmarks. You know, forty something years later. Some of them almost 50 years later. Like, is there anything going on right now that's really going to have that kind of impact? And I don't think there is because everything is so, you know, like like nothing's solid anymore. You know, like like the like the, the the trend that happens on TikTok or whatever now, it's not it's not as widespread as stuff used to be. You know, like it's, movies it's, it's, aren't uh, making the impact like they do. Music's you not got making stuff it. like uh, <clears throat> some of this stuff. Um, and I'm not qualified to speak on it because I don't understand why some people are celebrities and some yeah, people make right. it. I just can't. Right. But, you know, I, I see something like the Sam Harris that they did the satanic thing and everybody goes crazy. Some kind, maybe it's a halftime show, something. I don't know what it is. I don't oh, know yeah, who yeah, these yeah. people are. Right. I don't uh, know. But uh, it's like a, a, a Roman candle. It's going to burn bright for a yeah. minute, but, yeah. but it's going out. It fizzles that, away. And, and yeah. here's the thing. Uh, the stuff we're talking about, the movies we're talking about, yeah. uh, the music, especially that we're talking about, um, the Beatles 
help me out here. How long were the Beatles active? They broke up in 70. Yeah, they were uh, six years, six or seven years. It wasn't that long. Yeah. That's it. Six, and and years, they quit yeah. touring early yeah, before on. Before that. Yeah, absolutely. Before that. They, they, yeah. they, were, they, were, they had that tour where they came to America yeah. And, and, yeah. and two or three gigs, they're playing in the rain. And they said, this is it. We're, we're done with this nonsense. Yeah. And, uh, but look at the impact that those bands had back then. Look at the, the Zeppelin, the Stones, yeah. uh, all of the, you know, Queen. Uh, I think Bohemian Rhapsody has come back to the top of the charts three yes. times. Yeah. Absolutely. In history. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and all of and, and, but most of this stuff today, they're the big, they're the big thing, the yeah. hottest thing. And bam. And of course, it's look, gone. we've talked, I don't know if we did a show on it or not, but the, the, I, I did a show on that original podcast about the music business. And yeah. it's, uh, uh, it's just not the same. No. Uh, well, you know, and the, you know, the, the other thing that I thought about is, you know, like back then, 60s, 70s, you know, even in the eighties, number one, it's hard to get a movie made. It, it's hard to, it's, it's hard to get a record deal. And that's the only way people are going to hear you, you know, uh, Keanu Reeves, of all people, made this really cool documentary called, I think it's called Press, Pause, Play, or either Press, Play, Pause. I think it's Press, Pause, Play. But the, the point of the documentary is he talks about the democratization of the arts. And that is anybody now can go in on their laptop, like we were talking about a little bit ago, and you oh, can yeah. record an album and you can put it up. People can listen to it. And now we're just prol proliferated with a lot of stuff. And most of it's not good. You know, right, right. the the bands that my made music, it in the 70s. Listen, I yeah. describe my music as music that sounds like the stomach virus feels. Yeah. That's, you yeah. know, I know it's not good, but yeah. I have fun. So it's a, it's uh in one sense, it's a good thing. In another yes. sense, it's the bad thing. Well, the and good the, part of it is somebody like me, yeah. I, I, I make music and I know it's not that good. I know I'm not ever going to make it, uh, but yeah. it's, it's some people like to paint a picture. Some yeah, people like that's right. to do yeah. some woodwork or something. Yeah. I, I like to try to piece a song and try to write an, a piece of original music. It's just yeah. what I do. Some people yeah. grow flowers. It doesn't matter. So I can actually with this technology, put music together at my yeah. house and I can upload it. And if yeah. my friends want to listen to it and I've got they some people that like yeah. it. Right. Okay. The downside of that, anybody can do it. Anybody can do it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. The downside of it is anybody can do it. Yeah. That's and right. Yeah. There are where before you only had a handful of people that made it. Yeah. And I always put it like this. That's a pizza. The pizza used to be sliced up into eight slices. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Van Halen, Aerosmith, right. Right. Uh, you know, uh, whoever, the band, you know, Stones, yeah. Elvis Presley, The Who, yeah. this, you and uh, Michael Jackson, whoever you want to talk about, whatever genre of music, James Brown, these superstars. Yeah. So there, it was now the pizza is sliced up into the same pizza is sliced up into 10 million little slices. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and that's the way it is. Well, dude, we will never see. We will never yeah. see a Michael Jackson. We'll never no. see another Elvis Presley. You'll never see I think, another Led Zeppelin. You'll never see another who the Stones, the yeah. Beatles. It's just it's just not. So that's the bad part about yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, you can get yourself out there. Maybe you'll get discovered. Maybe somebody right. will do something. And but there's no music. There's no money in recorded music. You no. get a penny for uh, a download. Yeah. So that's oh, why yeah. they go on tour and they charge a hundred dollars a ticket. It's and all about merchandise. merchandise. Yeah, it's all merchandise. About the merchandise. And, yeah. and Duff McKagan from the Guns and Roses. After they after they kind of broke up, he went back to college and and got an economics degree. 
Yeah. And uh, he was saying the only way you, you get your music, you got to get it in a, in a commercial. You got to yeah. get it in a That's right. video game. Now yep. big artists are selling their entire catalogs. Yeah. Just getting this shedding it all together. Right. But if you want to do it the old way, the old way was you make a record and you go out on the road to support the record to get people yeah. to buy the record. That's right. Yep. It's right. It's turned on its head now. It's flipped. Yeah. You, right. you go on the road to try to make some money. You yeah. may or may not have a recording. And the big deal just in the past, uh, just the past few months that's happening is there. there's so little money to be made that now venues are taking a percentage yeah. Yeah. of the merch. And yeah. the merchandise and the artist, you know, even cutting into artists. Uh, so pretty soon it's going to be like, what's the what's the sense in this? It's yeah, it's going to be. Yeah. It, yeah. It's over with. I didn't mean for us to go off on that tear, but, you know, no. I love to talk about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's it's I mean, and and dude, it's not just in that one industry. It seems like it's that way across the board. It's harder yeah, for I'm people, sure. you know, because there's so much in every arena. It's harder for people to get traction, you know, yeah. and, and do this. Kind of, but, you know, on, on the other side, you know, was, again, the, you know, I'm just going to take the bands. We could do this with the movies, but we're more familiar with that. But in 78, you've got Van Halen, Dire Straits and the police, and they are huge, massive bands that come out but you think about the song you, uh, you think about sultans of swing up against running with the devil Th those are about as two as far apart as you yeah. can get that's right and yet people can't get enough of all that you know i i, I just think i think it's oh, probably palettes, been played today on the radio around yes. the world yeah as much as it was played in 1978 oh, absolutely today. yeah and but but and, and my point was is that probably the same people were listening to all of that you know what oh, yeah. I'm saying? I mean, that, that's the way we grew up. We, we were listening to all those things. It wasn't just one narrow, you know, swatch of things, you know? We well, used to play, you and I used to play uh, Sultans of Swing. And yeah. I did the oh, yeah. rhythm part you showed me, and you played all the Mark Knopfler stuff. Uh, I never owned a, I never owned a Dire Straits album in my life. No, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I've never owned a Steely Dan album. Yeah. I know all the songs. I can sing along yeah. with them on the radio. Yeah. Yep. Where's that today? I yeah. mean, you know, yeah. you, what you do today is I like that song. I'm going to go put that on my playlist. The artist is going to get three cents. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it, it's good for some folks, bad for other folks. Well, and, you know, and, 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 you know, the, the flip side on that is what you and I both know is that if you're going to find the good music, it is out there. You're mm. just not going to find it in the popular stuff, you know? Right. Dude, in fact, you know, there are some artists out right now that, man, are so, you know, I'm thinking, wow, man, uh, uh, Madison Cunningham. I don't know if you've listened to any of her stuff, but she's... I think you told me about her. Yeah, she's got some great stuff, man. I mean, it's all these independent people that are kind of doing their thing and you got to find them, you know, they're not going to yeah. be on the radio or whatever. I've kind of, I, 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 I haven't uh, grown musically in years and what I've really enjoyed, I was telling you about today, going back and rediscovering, like uh, I've listened to Eric Johnson's IVM music. I've yeah. listened to that. Uh, Two days this week, listening to the entire album while I was doing other things. Dude, that, and, burn, uh, that 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 album was burned into my consciousness. Oh, I've listened to so it good. so much. If anybody yeah. listens, if you've never listened to Eric <clears throat> Johnson, uh, it's it's unbelievable. But then I've really enjoyed going back. One of the things I've enjoyed going back is is the early Rod Stewart solo stuff from the early seventies. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Never a dull moment. Uh, Every picture tells a story. Those are great albums. Great music. People look past him because he we got in the in the seventies and did the disco stuff and his really monster hits, but th right. that early stuff with mandolins and banjos and all, it was so good.
Okay, what, what is what is my favorite lead break of all time? Your your uh, your, your favorite lead, lead break of all time, man. I don't. Uh, if I had to say anything, uh, I would have to, I would have to first say, uh, the lead break from your own song, Lover's Cross. It is literally three notes. <laughs> and it was one note for about a, a whole two yeah, or three measures. Two or three measures. Uh, yeah. now, my favorite lead break of all time. And we, so this is a good way for me to just wind it down. Yeah. I don't know that there's ever been anything more song appropriate, played well. 1978, uh, Jerry uh, Rafferty, Baker Street. Oh, uh, man. Listen, my is dad, that break not my awesome? dad wore that album out. Yes. I mean, dude, that is, that, that is, I, I think that's one of the most overlooked lead breaks. Oh, my Because it is, it, it is perfect for that song, oh, man. Bow, 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 bow. I, 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 let me ask you this. If, if, if somebody asks you, Hey, give me one song that really encapsulates the seventies. For me, that would be the song I'd pick. Baker street, Baker street. I'm like, dude, yeah. this has oh, got everything good. that seventies about it in here, man. Yeah. Uh, saxophone. Yeah, man, dude, Jerry Rafferty wrote some killer songs. Yeah. You he, know, he was in a, what Steelers wheel. Yeah. Steelers there? wheel. Yeah. Uh, Stuck in the middle with you. Yeah. That's Jerry Rafferty. Clowns man. to the yeah. left of me. Jokers to the right. Yeah. <laughs> Man, yeah, uh, yeah, Baker Street, and he had another big song too off that album. I can't remember um, what it is off the top of my head, right down the line. Yeah, that's it. Uh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, dude, that's a killer. And man, the production on those albums, you know, oh, you go back and listen to them, they're so tight. Uh, it's got some conga on it, yeah, so tight. Yeah, some good stuff, man. Man, we're going long here. All right, buddy. Well, All right, man, have a good day. Yeah, I'll man, same to you. To you. We'll talk to you later on, man. All right, All right bro. Bye. Hey, y'all, if you'd like to get a hold of us and send us a note or a comment, you can do that at bodinechicken at gmail.com. That's B-O-D-E-E-N chicken at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you, and we'll see you soon.